one of the biggest changes that you've seen in the last 20 years is that the change of thinking of your law firm as just a practice to thinking about your law firm really as a business and looking at business analytics and those kind of numbers. You're listening to Be That Lawyer, life-changing strategies and resources for growing a successful law practice. Each episode, your host, author, and lawyer coach, Steve Fretzen, will take a deeper dive, helping you grow your law practice in less time with greater results. Now, here's your host, Steve Fretzen. Hello there, everyone, and welcome to my show, Be That Lawyer. I'm Steve Fretzen, and if you're a first-time listener, I'll share a little bit about my background. Well, first off, I'm not a lawyer. I was recruited into the legal space back in 2008 when the recession hit. For the past 12 years, I've devoted all of my time and energy to one thing, and that's helping attorneys make more money and have the peace of mind that comes with having your own clients and driving a bigger and more sustainable book of business. Speaking of books, I've written three on legal business development and continue to write monthly for the Chicago Daily Law Bulletin. I'm very excited to share with you my guest today, which is Barry Zlotowicz. He's the president of Lawful Marketing. Barry's a longtime attorney with a diverse experience in legal marketing, including law firm websites, online lead generation, social media, e-newsletters, and much, much more. Welcome, Barry. Thanks for having me, Steve. This is hey, cool. absolutely my pleasure, man. Uh, we're also friends, and it's just great to have you on here. And I thought as a fun way to kind of start us off, if you wouldn't mind sharing some, some details or maybe something interesting and fun about yourself, and then maybe we'll get into your more detailed bio. Okay, not the deep, dark secrets, but something fun. <laughs> no, I know some of the deep, dark secrets. We're not going to go there, but uh, let's talk about something uh, cool and interesting that, uh, that right. you want to share with the audience. Yeah, sure. So let's see. So the one thing that I find interesting, and I'm really into fitness, and it's really a passion of mine after being really out of shape for a long time. And so I got certified as a personal trainer kind of in my spare time. And I was training and focusing my business on the weekends and early, early mornings on training seniors on functional exercises to kind of help them improve the quality of their life. So that's a little tidbit about something that I was really passionate about. Yeah, very cool. Very cool. And I think that probably helps you in, you know, how you run your business and, and dealing with, with lawyers and, you know, maybe they're not, it may not be fitness, but it's, it's maybe mental fitness as it relates to marketing, which we know they hate and, you know, they're not right. really drawn to. So maybe give a little bit of your background as a lawyer and as a marketing professional. Sure. Well, I've been licensed for a long time. And, uh, you know, I, I practiced and then I went to work for some legal industry um, top companies. I went to work for LexisNexis 20 years ago and then Westlaw and then Westlaw purchased Fine Law. And I worked for Fine Law selling lawyers their very first websites. I mean, you know, 18, 19 years ago. And, you know, the funny thing is I think I spent a lot of my time these days helping those same law firms with the same websites I sold them 20 years ago. So not a lot of change. <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, then I've gone back to practicing law, and then I've been doing my own marketing thing for a while now. And so I've really got a, a deep background in the legal industry. And that's one of the value adds, I think, that I bring is that, you know, I'm a lawyer, so I kind of know what works and what doesn't work for solos and small law firms, and people seem to appreciate that. And when you think about marketing for law, I mean, what sort of things have you seen evolve since you got into it? You know, like you mentioned 18, 19 years ago. I mean, obviously, you know, websites still exist, but maybe it's, there's a lot of changes that have happened and maybe just talk through what those are. Oh, sure. Well, I, you know, look, look, if you go back 18, 19 years, of course, you're talking about full page ads in the yellow pages, right? At, at several thousand dollars a month and lots of them. 
and that whole industry has kind of gone to the wayside. So now people put their money primarily in digital marketing, although there's still some traditional marketing that is very beneficial for law firms to do. But on the digital marketing front, of course, it's, it's essential for every firm to have a website that kind of accurately reflects the professionalism of their firm and uh, to utilize some form of digital marketing. I often hear people say that, you know, it's not, it's not for me. It's like, really? There's nothing within this realm that you can benefit from, whether it be a newsletter or just having a, a kind of a storefront, a billboard online so that people can find you and confirm where you are. There's something for everybody within this realm, and that's what I'm trying to get the word out about. Yeah, and as a business development coach for lawyers, you know, they always say things like, oh, they never taught me this in law school, right. or, you know, where would I have learned any of this? And so I think marketing, business development, both are really challenging, especially in the legal space, because it's just never been a part of what anyone wanted to really engage with or get involved with, I think, out of law school. So what are your thoughts on the challenges and kind of the mindsets of attorneys and, you know, maybe how they have to think about things moving forward in order to make sure they're, you know, successful and sustainable. You know, it's interesting. So one of the biggest changes that you've seen in the last 20 years is that the change of thinking of your law firm as just a practice to thinking about your law firm really as a business and looking at business analytics and those kind of numbers. So it's a changing of a mindset. It used to be and you and I have talked about it with your dad and how he marketed his practice, which was non-existent. The phone just rang and how people have to market their practice now, right? It's, it's really, it's a change in mindset that you have to take an attorney through these days. And that's the biggest change that I've seen. It's the mindset change. And, and the focus now is on analytics. And, and the nice thing about digital marketing is that it's very analytics driven. I mean, you can identify your ROI on everything that you're doing now. And using those kind of numbers to manage your business and identify where you want to market yourself is very important. Yeah, it really, it really is difficult for lawyers to kind of wrap their minds around. I mean, and I guess the difference between, you know, you and I, and I know lawyers have to be engaged with both of us, but I think from, you know, one point, you know, if they're bringing you in as an expert, it's because they want to sort of hand off the knowledge and the expert, they're like, they're like giving up control to someone who knows more and can do more and actually, you know, do it for them, whether it's sending out a newsletter monthly or whether it's posting social media or getting their, their website set up where on my end, I'm actually asking the attorney to learn and go out and execute on the field as a player doing business development. So I think they probably need both, but I, but I think it's just interesting how different that, you know, that, that I think maybe it's easier for them to work with you because they, they maybe just have to shell out some money they, as opposed to having to, to engage day in and day out you know, with, with me to go out and get business. Do you have you anything, know, to, anything to add to that? Yeah. I think you make a good point. However, the one thing I would say is that what I found is that because attorneys are so uh, bright that many of them like to be educated and they like to know what's going on in their practice and where their money is going. So I spend a lot of time educating people about the things that they need to know. You said it earlier. They weren't taught this in law school, right? So they really don't know where to start from. So oftentimes when I meet with people, we're starting from ground zero. And I like to spend time to educate them so they know the things that they should focus on. And then we can run with it from there. Yeah, so that might be a good bouncing point to the next question I have for you, which is, you know, when you think about maybe, the, let's just go with three to keep it simple. But like, what are the three top mistakes or things that lawyers are just missing the boat on as it relates to marketing 
that you work on with them every day? And, and we can make it more than three, but I think let's start with three and kind of see where that takes us. Well, you know, I can come up with two off the top of my head very quickly. The first one is using a Google business listing. And the reason I start with this one is because it's free. You know, Google provides a business listing to every single business if you want it. You just have to claim it and utilize it. It's one of the best resources a law firm or any business for that matter can use to market themselves. It's beneficial in two different situations. One would be a branded search. So oftentimes when you search for yourself on the internet, you'll find that there are a lot of law firms running ads around your business name and they show up when somebody searches for you. You need to own that first page, what's called the search engine results page. You need to own that page for your name. And Google business listing is one of the ways to do that. By the way, it's also called Google My Business. In addition to owning your own brand name, it's very beneficial for topic-related searches or non-branded searches. So if you're in downtown Chicago and you search for a personal injury law firm, there's something called the Google three-pack, and that's incredibly valuable territory, and you want your firm to be there. It's very challenging to do it in a big city like Chicago, but it's incredibly beneficial. Those folks that are in the three-pack are at the top of the search engine results page, and they get a huge amount of traffic. So the Google business listing is something I'm preaching to people constantly about utilizing. And then the other thing I think that law firms don't realize that traditional businesses do know is that it's all about building a list. Building a list of contacts in your database is critical because you can market to those people on your own terms. And what I mean by that is if you are doing search engine optimization, for example, or using Google Ads, there's an intermediary between you and where you wanna be, Google. And if you're on Facebook and posting on Facebook and you're doing organic posts or you're using Facebook ads, there's an intermediary between you and where you wanna be. But if you have a newsletter and you're developing your own contact list, you can get your message to those people directly without any intermediary, which means you control the messaging, you control the cost, and that's why I think building a list is so critical. Yeah, and I've been a huge proponent of that myself because as I as I continue to, you know, grow my business and continue to want to, you know, reach out to lawyers uh, nationally, whether it's finding them on LinkedIn and bringing them over to my database or networking and bringing them over to my database, I'm building this master list. I call it my master attorney list, really, and it helps me when I send out my bi-monthly newsletter that I'm sending it to a very targeted list of people that seem very interested in what. I'm sharing the content, the education, the video, whatever it is that I'm sending out. And then, of course, the best part from my perspective, Barry, and you could probably speak to this better than me, is the analytics that I see from that. So the other thing about that contact list and that newsletter is I can then see directly who opened what and uh, what they're looking at within my newsletter and who's kind of a regular viewer and and, and then maybe do some drip marketing where I'm actually sending them a copy of my ebook or I'm sending them something as a next step, which could actually drive them to get closer to me as a potential client. Can you want to speak to that for a moment? Well, and, and I think, see, what's great about what you just said, and I know you do this and I, and I love it, is that that's really thinking like a business person, right? And law firms have, have kind of hesitated doing that because of our history of a ban on solicitation or whatever it might be. 
by using the analytics that you get even in a simple email management solution like a constant contact or a MailChimp is incredibly valuable. You can see who's opening up what emails, you can see what they're clicking on, and that gives you an indication about what they're interested in and provides you an opportunity to follow up with them or to send them more information on that topic. So I think that's extremely valuable and you're right on. And so I appreciate that. And, and, and again, um, you know, we both practice what we preach. I think, you know, we've got to be doing what we're teaching, right? If for us to be credible. Mm-hmm. The other thing that I wanted to bring up, I, I'd asked you for three tips. And I think uh, there's one that you would have gone to immediately that I just want to bring up is, is really having an effective website. And the idea that uh, a lot of the websites we see on the internet are, are pretty weak and pretty outdated. And, you know, what should what are two or three things that a website should accomplish in order to be successful for the lawyer or the small firm, for example, you know, in a number of ways? Sure, sure. Well, so, you know, it used to be that a website when they first started out were, were an option, right? And I don't think they're an option anymore. You know, the, the, having a website is ubiquitous to all businesses. So there's two things you can do with the website. One is use it as a lead generation tool. And the other is a website can be sort of a source of confirmation, kind of a billboard. So if somebody gets referred to you, they can go online, find you, and see information about you. So the thing that I always say to law firms is, or ask them the question is, do you think your website reflects the level of professionalism that you provide to your clientele? If it does, fantastic. And if it doesn't, you ought to do something about it. And the way you know if it's working or not, compare it to your competitors. It's real simple. You know who you're competing with on a daily basis. Pull up both websites. Take a look at those websites. Take a look at your competitors and look at yours. If you were an objective consumer and you looked at those two websites, who would you call? It's the same thing as looking at a restaurant, right? You go up to two restaurants and one's all beaten up and broken down and it looks terrible. And the other one looks nice and clean and has plants and it looks like it's got great food. Which restaurant would you choose? It's the same concept. The same thing applies for lawyers. So I do think it's critical for every law firm to have a very professional looking website, whether you're using it for lead generation purposes or just as a billboard to announce your presence on the web. And I think that there's a lot of lawyers that say, well, listen, I don't want to get any business off the web because those people aren't really, you know, I'm doing high level, you know, transactional work or I'm doing high level litigation with big corporations. They're not going to use the internet. So I think that leads to your point about validation, about professionalism and making sure that you're, you're looking the part as opposed to that broken down, you know, thing where again, you know, you're, you're just, it's not complete and people aren't going to want to talk to, you know, a restaurant, let alone or a lawyer, if it isn't if it isn't complete and accurate and giving the best representation. Yeah, I think I think you're exactly right. So if you're in the B two C industry, right? If you're a personal injury attorney, bankruptcy, criminal, family, so any of those, um, those are consumers who are looking, and those folks are pretty good about developing their websites. But the business attorney or somebody who works with general counsel, they're going to say to me, "Is a general counsel really going to go online and type in Chicago intellectual property attorney? Probably not." However, if they see your name on a promotion, if they are referred to you, they are going to go online and look you up. And that is why your website needs to provide a professional presence in those circumstances. The thing that bothers me most is there was a time where I was working with you and we were you know, doing some website work together and I met with a managing partner and his website is brutal. 
And I said to him, you know, we're talking about all these things and, and he knows there's money involved and, you know, that scares him. But he said, uh, you know, listen, if I want to talk to someone, I go to their website, I find the phone number and I make the call. And that's what I, you know, it takes me 10 seconds and I'm done. And that's what I use a website for. And it just struck me as so awful that he's not realizing that he's not everybody and, and more importantly, you know, he's in heavy recruitment phase. Like he wants to grow his firm like crazy and there's no diversity. There's no proper messaging or imagery or anything on his website that a millennial or anyone in their thirties or forties would see and say, that's a firm I want to go work for. That's, that's a progressive, you know, culturally sound, you know, firm that I wanted, that I want to be a part of. It would just turn off every potential candidate and he's trying to recruit. So he just wasn't seeing kind of not only the big picture, but even the small picture. And it's almost like you can't, you can't explain that to someone if they don't get it, they don't get it sometimes. Yeah. You know, that's an interesting, um, I guess I'd call that a generational uh, perception of, of the internet, right? Yeah. Um, That perception is not really based in reality as to how the majority of people use the web, particularly the younger generation who are becoming our customers now right? Millennials have long been our customers. But it's interesting because the majority of my clients are actually over 40 or 45 years old. And the thing about them is they know they don't know the technology, but they do know, they're astute enough to know that they've got 25 years of practice left in them most likely. And they are going to have to update what they're doing online and change their business practices if they want to compete with those people coming up beneath them. And so that's kind of the target market for me is somebody who knows they're going to be practicing for a long time, knows they have to update what they're doing and doesn't know where to start with it. Yeah, exactly. And, and I guess one thing I'd love for you to share is, is some type of uh, maybe a, a success story or something where you had someone whose marketing was, you know, way below, you know, par, way below, you know, the level and the types of things that you would go in and evaluate and then what you actually you know, got commitment from them to engage in and, and how that has helped them in, in growing their, you know, their presence or their recruitment or their lead generation or whatever, and maybe just share that. So people get not only a better idea of what you do, but the kinds of changes that can occur when it's done properly. Sure. Well, uh, you know, I've got a great example from just yesterday. I met with a client out here in the suburbs here in Illinois. We're in the Northern suburbs and he's got a very niche estate planning practice. He hired a website development company. It's very popular within the legal industry, but it's a proprietary website, which means that he was stuck using their platform and they wouldn't let our company in to modify things on his website. So he's kind of stuck on it. So what did we do? We, we kind of did an end around. Instead of going in and changing his websites, we decided to use Google ads to drive traffic to a landing page. And the Google ads are really reasonably priced. People have this sense that uh, all pay-per-click on Google is $150 a click. And yeah, in personal injury, you're probably right, or in trucking accidents. But in this niche estate planning area, it was not. Well, within the first month for this guy, we got him his niche practice area, and I don't want to say what it is, but that he was focusing on, we got him a a fee of $10,000. Well, that paid for the first 10 months of his marketing. And since then, he's gotten case after case, including this week where he got another fee of $8,500. So his return wow. on investment has been five or six to one in just the first seven months. So it's, a, it's an example of using kind of a niche part of digital marketing, not changing the website at all, 
but still driving business in a way that is very profitable for this firm. So it sounds like one of the things that you really try to do is not only evaluate the attorneys and the law firms that you're engaging in to figure out you know, where maybe the low-hanging fruit is or where the, where the money might be found, but then doing whatever creatively workaround or whatever to help them accomplish a goal, even if, for example, there's a challenge with you know, taking control of a website because someone's got a proprietary software. That is exactly what we do. So you taught me this, okay? You told me about the book, Blue Ocean Strategy. And what I do when I speak with or meet with every single client is we look at who their competition is and where we shouldn't compete. So for him, it was SEO. We can't do it because we can't get into his website. But where is the blue ocean? Where is the clear water without, that's not bloody red? And where can we go attack? And because we did that, it's worked perfectly. How do we try to compete for SEO for, you know, estate planning attorney Chicago type of searches? We would never have been competing. It would have taken a couple of years at several thousand dollars a month. And instead, for a modest budget, we were, fi- we were able to find a place for them to compete. And it's worked perfectly. Yeah, I think that's really what maybe separates you from a lot of the agencies that are out there is that personal attention and in the idea that you're going to try to search for that nugget as opposed to selling some kind of cookie cutter website or cookie cutter solution at, you know, exorbitant numbers. I think you're able to find an efficient, effective, cost-effective way to do it. And I think that's that's one of the things that, uh, the reasons I keep referring you people because, you know, I know they're going to get taken care of. And on top of that, you know, you care about them and you really do. And and you're trying to find, you know, the best way to get them results. That's, I I know that means a lot to you. It does. Yeah. I mean, it, you know, listen, I was, uh, I was an attorney, you know, I, I was a solo. I, I know what it's like to spend money on marketing and it doesn't work. It's incredibly frustrating and you've got a limited budget. So I don't sell plans. I don't have a, you know, it's, it's $3,000 a month and that's it. You're going to get a website and we're going to do SEO and this is that. I try to put together a package that's ideally suited for whoever I'm working with. And for some people, it's a blog article and, and managing their directories a month. And for other law firms, it's full-on SEO and website development. So I, it's primarily, I think it's because of the niche. You know, I'm working with solos and small law firms. Perhaps it would be different if I worked with much bigger law firms that wanted and was able, were able to pay that package. But my, my focus is customized assistance to this kind of niche that I'm working with. And I think it's, it's really, really necessary because that's the niche that needs the most help and needs the most sort of like partnership with someone like you to accomplish things and not feel like they're being hung out to dry. So, you know, kudos to you and in, in, in what you've been doing lately with these clients. One thing I also wanted to bring up because I know that I get a lot of, I don't know if it's negativity or just challenges with social media. And I'm also you know, someone who is challenged by social media. I post, I don't know, three times a week and I, I mix it up and I'm always trying new things to try to figure out, you know, what's going to work and what's, what's going to get people's attention. And I'm not a, a publicity hog, I don't think. And I'm not, you know, trying to, you know, put Facebook posts on LinkedIn and trying to talk about my personal life and you know, that type of thing. But are there things that you're finding on, so, cause I know you do a ton of social media for yourself and, and for some of your clients. Are there things that you suggest on social media that you found are either important or that work for lawyers and solos and small practices? Sure. Yeah, there, there are. So, well, the first thing, let's take a step back for a second. The first thing is I would tell people to identify their target market. Who is your avatar? Who is the person that you want to target? 
then I would say, okay, where is that person? So if you're targeting people in, if, let's say you're a female divorce attorney in Chicago, right? Doing a lot of marketing on LinkedIn doesn't make a lot of sense for you. I mean, it's beneficial if you want to get referrals from other lawyers, but that's most likely not what your clientele is. Now, Facebook and Instagram may be a great market for you. So identifying the channel that's going to work best for your target market is ideal. So the first and most important thing I, I think is identifying your target market and where they are. I have a business law firm here in Chicago, and they only want to publish on LinkedIn. I convince them also to publish on their Google business listing because in, in this day and age, publishing on that Google My Business is critical. But I, I would say that's the key is identify your target market. Where are they? And what's your message to them? And start to, to, to publish there. By the way, I like a lot what you do in terms of your social media posts. It's always trial and error. Some things work and some things simply don't work. But if you don't try it, you'll never know. Yeah, I mean, just I do some interesting, I don't know if it's called, you know, if we call it A-B testing or beta testing, but I, I put out like an image with a topic and a question on business development and maybe I get, you know, three to 400 views, maybe one like, and really that's it. And then, you know, just recently I did sort of a rant where I went off about something on business development and that got a, a ton of attention. And then I actually sent the link. This was key. Um, this is, so this will be my tip on social media that worked for me recently is I took that, that posting as a link and sent it out to a bunch of my clients who then commented on it and shared it and liked it. And I went from like, you know, normally again, three, 400 views to like three or 4,000 views with, you know, 20 likes and 15 comments. And it just like boosted it up on LinkedIn and got a lot more attention than maybe a traditional post. So the sort of the, the thing that I think, you know, changed for me was, you know, sharing that link with people that are sort of in my corner or that are clients of mine that have gotten results with my programs and things like that and asking them to sort of help me out. And then they started asking me to share, you know, share their stuff. And I'm like, absolutely. Yeah, let's, let's, you know, let's help each other. This is a, you know, this is a way to get things boosted on, on LinkedIn, for example, you know, to benefit one another. So that's yeah. just an example. Yeah. You know, it's funny. People forget this. Okay. Social media is meant to be social. Yeah. That's right. Of social media. We are bombarded with ads every day. It's like, it's like being in the middle of Times Square and there are billboards going off with Coca-Cola signs and Broadway shows all around us 24-7 nowadays. It's on our phone. It's on our computer. It's everywhere we go. So how do you stand out? Well, one of the best ways to stand out is be social. And by the way, Google and all these networks want you to be social. They're measuring user engagement. Who's talking to who? Are there comments? I have a YouTube channel. I get 15 comments a week, questions mostly about uh, various things, and I answer every single one of them because YouTube wants you to be social. They're measuring user engagement. And the way you're doing it is you're talking about sharing on LinkedIn. The other thing that you do is I, I hosted a networking event this week, and I posted a picture of it. I always take a picture no matter what you do because people love images on social media, much more so than content. And I tagged every single person that was at that event. Well, what do I do by doing that? I get in their news feeds and their news feeds, news feeds connects to another 500 people. And that multiplies the engagement of my single, simple post to my 500 connections 
to 2,500 connections and gets my name out there as well as everybody else's. So being social, tagging and so forth on social media is very important. Yeah. So, so you've got, I mean, social media, websites, newsletters, I mean, this is a little overwhelming. I think there are probably a lot of lawyers that just blow it off and shouldn't, or lawyers that are, are using a, maybe a current vendor that's just taking them for a ride and isn't really getting in and digging out, you know, how they should be investing and in, in what's the best way to do it. So if people want to get in touch with you to talk with you directly about your services and having some kind of evaluation on what they're currently doing, whether it's nothing or whether it's lots that they maybe are doing things they shouldn't be doing and, and, and blowing through dollars. How would they contact you? What are some of the ways that people can reach out to you, Barry? Well, you know, the easiest way is just to pick up the phone and give me a call, to be honest with you. Okay. Uh, I think it's kind of a lost art, right? I mean, I, I know you talk about this, but intake, for example, is a lost art. And so just pick up the phone and give me a call. My office number is 312. 3000783 and if that doesn't work for you and you just want to look me up first you can go to lawfulmarketing.com l a w f u l l marketing.com and then they'll have access to not only learn about you more but also to the contact page to you know send you a, a contact and say hey let's let's get together and talk about right. you know my business sure yeah. So listen, everybody, this is, this has been great. Barry, you're amazing. I continue to, you know, try to find lawyers that are looking for that personalized attention and someone that's going to, that's going to care. And that's been you as long as I've known you. So I'm going to continue to try to, you know, make sure people are talking to the right person. And that's you. Well, um, that. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And um, for everybody out there listening, um, you know, business development, marketing, it's the business of law. It's not just about being a great practitioner. And so, you know, you really want to look at these things and try to find best practices on both ends. And, you know, I hope that uh, you guys got some great takeaways from our show today. You know, remember it, be that lawyer. It's about being you know, sustainable and organized and being a rainmaker and really, you know, being that lawyer, as long as you're going to be in law, you might as well make money and, and, and live a full life and have a great time as well. So uh, Barry, thanks again. And everybody, thanks for being here today. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to Be That Lawyer, life-changing strategies and resources for growing a successful law practice. Visit Steve's website, fretson.com, for additional information and to stay up to date on the latest legal business development and marketing trends. For more information and important links about today's episode, check out today's show notes.